Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone around the world, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we have a special treat for you. I'm so excited. As most of you know, we've devoted this entire season of episodes to explore the subject of angels. Today's episode is our final show of this season on angels. I'm sure after this season we'll have angels dropping in anyway, but we're blessed and delighted to have an amazing guest with us today with an extraordinary story to share of a near-death experience, angels, the love of God, meeting profound challenges head-on and learning from them, navigating through painful relationships, self-healing, and living one's sole purpose. We have with us our extraordinary guest, Trisha Barker, best-selling author of Angels in the OR, college professor of English and creative writing, published poet, host of the YouTube channel, Near-Death Experience, Healed by the Light, and founder of the online Near-Death Summit. Welcome to our show, Tricia. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to talk about angels with you. It's such a great topic. Yeah. Yeah, It's a perfect topic. I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of different things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, we both so loved reading your book, Angels in the OR, What Dying Taught Me About Healing, Survival, and Transformation. Every word in your title and subtitle, both Michael and I are quite familiar with. And writing the book and publishing it, Your Adventure in Spirit, not only continues but is gaining even more momentum. So, yes, um, let's let's start with right where you are now, Tricia. And I know, let's see, Simon & Schuster published your book just over about a year ago, and you're being interviewed everywhere. You host your own YouTube interviews, and you're getting ready to put on your third annual online near-death summit on, I think, August 1st and 2nd. Do you still have time to teach English and creative writing at the college? And um, and what do you do, by the way, in your spare time? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, time period has certainly given us more time to be at our computers. So I I definitely do a lot of work at the computer. Writing can be solitary, but it can also connect us to our angels, our ancestors, our guides, and they were a big part of the journey. But Now I feel like after creating the book, my role is more supportive in nature. Like, I love supporting other people, getting their story out there. I love creating community. I think Mm. spiritual community is so important. And Mm -hmm. really the joy of having a book out there is not so much my journey, but all the great people I've met, like you guys, (laughs) get to talk to you today (laughs) and share experiences. (laughs) Yeah, I agree, you know. The, having a spiritual community of some sort is just absolutely important. It's, and it's even more so now. You know, and, and I know um, a lot of our listeners right now are listening, who are listening, they're dying to hear <laughs> about your near-death experience. Unintended, <laughs> 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 huh? <laughs> yeah, I've got a few of those too. And so, and I'm dying to hear what you have to say. So tell us a bit about this profound experience you had, a little bit of, you know, what preceded it, and what was it like for you immediately afterwards? Yeah, so I was an agnostic college student, and I really didn't contemplate spirituality that much. I joke that Walt Whitman was about as deep as I got when I continued to think about, hey, what happens when we die? I just thought, oh, you know, maybe the molecules in our body just merge with the grass, and that's the best (laughs) thing I I thought. (laughs) 
in my thinking, and then when I had this car wreck and emergency spinal surgery, I just wanted to walk. I mean, everything in my world was focused on the physical, but as soon as my spirit form lifted up out of my body, I knew I was forever changed. I knew that this was a spiritual reality that I was experiencing as that spiritual form, and the body on the table was just part of this theater that we're all a part of. You know, this was the mm-hmm. journey, and the physical was just something disconnected from me as that spirit form. It was not like a dream, and it was incredibly exciting. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I felt. I was glad I was wrong as an agnostic. <laughs> you know, like, yes, we go on, and this is fantastic. And the angels blew me away. I mean, I'd never heard of Reiki. I'd never thought of angels working through people, but when I saw them sending mm-hmm. this healing energy through my surgeons, I knew this world was a far more magical place than I had ever believed, that there were these higher beings, these light beings that had intelligence and healing powers and a beauty to them that just blew me away. They were very large, and they were even a little bit playful, I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the angels I've ever bumped into have been laughing and, and then, you know, so joyful, peaceful but joyful. And I know exactly your experience. Um, I had a similar level in one of my, I think it was my second near-death experience. I'm in the ER, and uh, I'm having a great time because I'm just – totally aware of of all the angels and the spirit guides and the healing masters spirit just in this divine choreography in the er working through and with the doctor the nurses orderlies everyone and everything i'm just sitting there and the doctor is very freaked out because she's trying to keep me alive and i'm i'm laughing and and uh she goes um, you know, I, you're going to have to sign this waiver. And I said, what kind of waiver is that? And she goes, uh, well, I have to give you this very powerful drug that has a 50% chance of killing you. <laughs> I'm just cracking up because I, I said, I'm thinking, you know, well, if I die, that's not a big deal. And if I don't die, that's fine too. It's I'm in God's hand. I'm the spirit is completely orchestrating everything. There's nothing I have to worry about, nothing I have to do. And so I said, well, what do you think? You're the doctor, right? And she goes, well, no, I, I'm saying, do you know how funny that sounds that I have to sign something that has the 50% chance of killing me? And I said, right now I'm alive, right? And she says, well, yes. And I said, so you want me to sign this to cut it down to 50%? A chance of survival and she says no no if you don't sign this if i don't give you this you have a hundred percent chance of dying within the next couple minutes <laughs> i says sure go ahead i'll sign anything but yeah when you have wow. when spirit is right there and and you're experiencing it there's just nothing like it isn't there and um yeah so, that right after, is amazing yeah, that you described yeah. And how was it for you after, you know, you had that experience out of the body and came back? And, of course, your body is still all, you know, beat up, right? It's, it's, uh... Yes, uh, yes. So, in that timeless place, it's hard to say, you know, how long it actually felt. The doctors confirmed that I had died for two and a half minutes, but anesthesiologists, really don't like it when you die on the table and your back is opened up. That makes me, you know, like, it wasn't yeah. complicated to get the person back. <laughs> and so uh, they didn't want to talk about all the blood I had lost, and they didn't really want to focus on that. But I'm one of these near-death experiencers that I briefly heard of them, and I never doubted my experience. And I just, you know, I'm a talker, and <laughs> I just came back, and I was like, oh, my God, and oh, God, this amazing energy of life that's so loving and healing, and hey, your <laughs> angels are real. <laughs> Everything 
everyone's like, what kind of drug is she on? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, when, when you went out and you were seeing, first you were experiencing uh, on an out-of-body level, experiencing seeing the doctors and the being in the surgery room and everything. But after that, you also went on to a much more spiritual, celestial realm, correct? Yes, yes. Oh, and I still miss that peace and that beauty. I mean, I think every near-death experiencer sounds like we've broken up with the love of our life. Like, oh, God, I just want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've, I found it very interesting. You're you're a professor of English and creative writing, and you have a lot of experience in, in writing and putting things into words, and plus you're a poet. And um, so, but even so, that experience of being completely in spirit that has really nothing to do, do with the body, it's hard to put into words, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I waited 25 years to publish the book, and I must have rewritten the near-death experience so many times and workshopped it with agnostics and atheists and and different people because I wanted them to weigh in and go, what do you mean by that? What do you mean the angels had light coming out of their eyes? Was that like a laser beam? (laughs) 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 Drill down and, you know, get the words right. And even then, the ineffable is hard to put into words, that idea of, of living apart from the body and being surrounded by a consciousness that's so much greater than my personal consciousness. It's, it's, it's difficult to translate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Tricia, I have to say I absolutely loved your book, and I read it twice. I wanted to make sure I, I really got to know you, and one of the things I really enjoyed about your book is that it was so well written. Obviously, your creative writing and... Uh, writing experience and and uh, wordsmith and everything are very top level um, quality. So I just want to throw that out there for anyone interested in reading the book. It's really a good book. But um, one of the things is a lot of people tend to assume that once a person experiences a miracle or some divine intervention, life becomes a piece of cake. Granted, there are instances in which a person who is in final in the final stages of dying from cancer, for instance, but after her return from a near-death experience, she discovers that she's completely cancer-free. That hasn't been my experience, and I've read in your book that it wasn't a luxury cruise for you either upon your return. What you share with us, what it's been like for you, would you share with us what it's been like for you in both worlds at once, knowing and living the joyousness and lovingness of spirit at the same time, dealing with all the incredible ups and downs of everyday life in the world. Would you talk about that? Yeah, I, I can. You know, my mission from God was to work as a teacher, so in public schools and colleges, and, and people, I think, assume that, hey, if God gives you a mission, should it just roll out and be easy <laughs> just, uh, you know, work for you. And it did when I was in service to the students. So the minute, and many teachers and professors talk about this, the minute they get behind the closed doors and they work with their students, things are great. But you still work in a system. You work in places where, you know, maybe people are jealous or maybe the administration just doesn't care or... Um, maybe they want to bring you in as the new teacher. So, of course, you're going to encounter challenges along the way. And, you know, that's just like on a basic level. I think as a young person who had a spiritual experience, I still had a lot of life to lead and to live. And I still had some emotional wounds to work out from childhood. But what I learned is that teaching was as much about my healing as it was about theirs, that God really knew that I was going to begin a deep healing process of of a childhood trauma when I encountered junior high students and high school students who perhaps were in worse situations and needed my help, that I couldn't help them if I didn't address what was going on in me. So, you know, when I was strong for them, they could heal as well. And so I realized that healing is 
is pretty comprehensive. And when you see an innocent kid, you know, a 14, 15-year-old kid who's been through so much, and you think, wow, I am the only person they have told about a particular trauma. And mm. their whole world depends on my reaction and, and what I do next, um, you know, to help them heal. And that's a pretty profound um, moment. So perhaps had I not had traumas of my own, I maybe wouldn't have been as as keyed in and intuitive to what these kids needed. So I think we live uh, in anyone who stepped into low-income districts or any school district really is going to encounter some neglect and abuse in, in some students' lives, and they yep. need help. You know, they need counselors, yep. they need teachers who care, they need all kind of resources. Absolutely, and that is a lot of wisdom for a young person to to take into their teaching. Well, our first break is coming right up, so we wanted to remind you uh, that on Saturday, July 25th, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, we're offering a great teleclass to help you through these challenging times called Your Clairvoyance, Seeing the Truth of the Matter. You'll learn simple but powerful psychic tools to help you expand your innate soul ability to see the truth more clearly. Remember, it's important now more than ever to turn inward and see your own truth. And we'll talk a little more about Trisha's um, contact information in uh, the future part of this program. Anyway, for details and to sign up for any of our events, go online to michaeltamora.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in a couple of minutes and we'll continue with Angels in the OR with our very special guest, Trisha Barker. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamora.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. Let's continue our delightful conversation with our special guest, Trisha Barker, author of the fabulous book, Angels in the O.R. Yeah, uh, we're with Trisha Barker today and, and delightful conversations. Um, you know, when, from the time I was about 21 years old, I started formally teaching people to get on their spiritual path and develop their clairvoyance and other psychic abilities to find their own truth. I always got a lot of other teachers and societies rejects, quote unquote. People used to change that old commercial that went, uh, give it to Mikey. He'll eat anything to give that student to Mikey. He'll teach anyone. <laughs> and I, I found that except in cases when someone actually was mentally ill, those who were the 
rejects and, and you know, uh, called outcasts and felt that way were often the most extraordinary and capable souls. And from reading your book, Tricia, I know you've had your share of students that other teachers rejected or labeled even to you as teacher to teacher saying, oh, yeah, the, that's a, you know, hopeless case or, or failures. What was your, ex- what was your experience with, with those kinds of students that have been labeled rejects and outcasts? Well, you know, there was a study that was done um, of teachers years ago that they were told their students were gifted, and they walked into that classroom and treated the students as if they were gifted, and the students performed at that level. So what I believed is, okay, God told me to go be a teacher. I am going to see the light in every single student, no matter Mm. if they're in a gang, no matter if they yell at me, no matter, you know, how they treat me, I'm going to see God and their potential in them. And and that's a little bit of a safe role to do that, because, of course, you have security and you have school administration to back you up. and, Mm -hmm. And I just believed in each student, and I thought, we'll start there, and many times, miracles did occur, even if they were just miracles of one great essay or one change in behavior, that that really, I, I saw that when you see the light in someone, when you see the goodness in someone, they feel that energy, and they want yes. to behave in that way. They want to see it in themselves, too, and many times, people who are deeply angry haven't been told very much that they're wonderful. They haven't been told that they have a gift or that they have something to offer this world. And it took very little uh, to compliment some of these students, to show them that they had worth because they weren't surrounded by a lot of people who were doing that. I thought, that's incredibly sad. You know, on, on one hand, I guess there's a lot of people who are surviving and they don't have time to build up their kids in this way that we kind of expect parents to do. And so sometimes school districts and teachers can step in and see that person who sees something good in someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because I've always felt like, gee, it's so simple to see the light in people. And, and that's what really counts. And um, yet... So many people uh, I've met have grown up feeling like nobody sees me. You know, it's it's so simple. It's it's just the thing of nobody sees me, and uh, and if nobody sees me, nobody's going to listen to me, and it just keeps going down the rabbit hole like that. And so when you talk about just looking at each student and regardless of whether they're, they are uh, gangbangers or, or they're model students or, or they have some kind of a uh, physical problem or emotional problem, when you look at them, you see that light. Did you always see that light in people, uh, Tricia, or did your experience of being with the angels, being in the light yourself, and coming back from that help you see that light even more? You know, it's I did not see it before my near-death experience. I was pretty fearful and guarded of people. Mm. And I remember that protected me from some situations before the near-death experience because I just would not let a lot of people in. But after that experience, oh, I would feel this sense of oneness with everyone, just walking down a street. You know, I might suddenly just mm-hmm. feel like, oh, my soul is one with everyone on the street. And yes. and I saw the light in, in people to such a large degree that sometimes I think I didn't understand boundaries and I didn't understand that, oh, you have to protect yourself still in this mm-hmm. world. And that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people are trying to teach empaths and teach very sensitive people is that, hey, this extreme sensitivity and this loving ability that you have is a wonderful thing, but you also have to love and protect yourself in this world <laughs> that yes. you know, there are limits to what you can do. <laughs> yeah. And did you ever, you know, you've it's been, like you said, 25 years since you've had that experience. And in that time, I'm sure, you know, you just kept on learning more and more about yourself and about spirit about life and the purpose for which we're here 
But did you ever really start to see that you were always that sensitive and always that caring? It's just that that uh, with the kinds of traumatic experiences you've had growing up and everything, you start to close down some of those levels of awareness just for survival and, and to to make it through. And it was once you got to experience spirit all over again, then you, you went, oh, yeah, I know this. So it wasn't a new thing mm-hmm. as much as a, a remembering, oh, yeah, I know this stuff and bringing it back in here more fully, like being reborn in a sense. And, and, yeah. But instead of being a baby, you're, you're an adult, so you can deal with it. What yeah. was your experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think that kids come in as these bright lights, and they're just full of God. They're, you can see it in their eyes. They're so beautiful. And then, mm-hmm. you know, their, their parents teach them how to behave, and they go through varying experiences of socialization and, and sometimes shut some of that down. So I think you're exactly right. I think we do come in as big, beautiful lights, every one of us, and and it is a remembering of that joy and that childlike joy in fact. One of the messages in the afterlife was to be like a little child, and that would confuse me a little bit. I was like, mm. <laughs> but, but uh, that idea of just being super joyful, super open, and very much in the moment is a great way to live, and it's a great way to relate to others. It breaks down barriers. It breaks down walls, and and yeah, you're you're right. That is a it's, a, it's such a dramatic change after a near-death experience because some people, they gradually change. They have an awakening and they start doing different things. But when you die and then you come back, you're like, whoa, I'm different. Yeah, like in uh, sports, like in football, I think, they have that sudden death over time. <laughs> it's like, okay, everything's, the whole game's changed. Yes. Um, one of the things that I've heard uh, other near-death experiencers, such as you, I'm sure you know of Danny and Brinkley, he said one time uh, someone came up to him and said, oh, Danny, and I wish I had the same experience as you. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, honey, you don't want to have be hit by lightning and take six years to recover from it. It's, it's not fun. And you don't uh, have to. Exactly. And there, a lot of people get in the illusion that if you have a near-death experience, your life is all sweet and sweetness and light and everything. And, and you have everything, you know, you have the angels on your side now, so everything's going to go perfectly. But just like any other person, you kept on uh, going through painful conditions and situations in your life, as did Danian, for that matter. Uh, what would you say yeah. helped you most? What would you say uh, helped you most keep you on track and keep moving forward when you felt like it would be so much easier to just throw in the towel? Like the time you were recovering from the accident, which I'm sure took a long time. Yes, the physical part of that was was challenging. Learning to walk again and feeling as if I was walking on swords. My legs were just so painful. And yet, at the same time, I thought, okay, the angels could send this feeling light for the doctors. They can continue to work on me. I'll work with that energy. And and it was um, it was always the other side and that, that opening to spirit that changed everything because no matter what the situation is, if you take a moment to meditate, if you take a moment to connect, but it doesn't matter as much. And I know that sounds kind of odd and on some level, but it's like, well, hey, there's this other realm that's so just this, and this, this realm can unravel pain. It can help in, in certain ways. So I love Dan Brinkley's story. In fact, he was one of the early books that I read after my near-death experience, and I thought, Yes. Hey, I understand him. I know what the fuck is going for. I don't recommend having to die to awaken this way. It's uh, a physically painful experience. <laughs> and kind of jarring, too. There were moments in that early recovery where it was so physically painful. I thought, well, I'll meditate. I'll go outside of body. 
and then I'll just stay there for a while throughout the night if I couldn't sleep. And then I would stay gone for so long for my body. I would forget, am I really alive? Do I have to come back to my body? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was it during that time that you started practicing the, uh, what is that, uh, the lucid dreaming? Because I found that kind of fascinating, how you experienced that. Yeah, lucid dreaming was so much fun. The first lucid dream I had was probably the best one I've had in my life, but I recommend the practice to people because I think the more you keep a dream journal and you just have a a meditation ritual or something that you do before bed to make it sacred, you set yourself up for that possibility of, of becoming aware in your dream. And one of the things that I think is important in this time period is what I happened to do in that first dream was create world peace. <laughs> so basically, no one wanted for anything. Everyone had food. Everyone was happy. And that was my soul's greatest desire was like, why can't we just be a peaceful, happy group of people? Why can't I just, in this dream, if I can do anything, why don't I get rid of suffering? And I think if we all turn our consciousness to that, to erasing suffering, in certain areas, and it could be more concentrated in meditation or in dreams. I think that's the true work of light workers in this day and age is to really work on that energetic level of assisting the world. Yeah, you know, it's long been said in the uh, in medicine. The one of the so-called commandments was uh, first, do no harm. And then the other side of that is what you're talking about. All of us who are here to help we wake up people, I think we have that same bottom line of, hey, how do we how do we help people to get out of suffering? It's life isn't meant for pain and suffering, even though every there's no one I know who hasn't gone through pain and suffering of some sort. But that's not what the meaning of life is. And uh, and I think, you know, anyone who's had this near-death experience and being completely in the spirit, there is no pain and suffering in spirit. And so how come we have it here? And, and even the Buddha, you know, when he first started his final journey to enlightenment, it was he was looking at how come people have to go through all this pain and suffering? And he went into meditation and... And he had his own type of near-death experience of being out of the body and, and uh, awakening. So it's, it's an interesting situation, isn't it, in terms of, oh, yeah, we're here as healers to alleviate, in some way, shape, or form, alleviate the suffering that humans tend to go through. And, you know, one of my interests, is to make it happen quicker for people. So children who have been abused or anyone who suffers with trauma, do we have to think of it as happening, you know, over five, ten years of, of healing work? Can it happen quicker? <laughs> you know, like there's got yes, to be absolutely. Absolutely. Quicker healing. Yep, I agree with that. And, and that you can actually program yourself you can tell yourself to go if there's a specific person you want to work with or a group. Um, I do that all the time, and I have amazing results with it. Well, our second break is coming right up again, so please make sure to write this down. And this is the information about uh, Trisha and all the wonderful work she's doing. Here's her website. It's trishabarkernde.com. That's T R I. C-I-A-B-A-R-K-E-R-N-D-E, like near-death experience, dot com. Trisha Barker, N-D-E dot com. You can purchase her exceptional book that we love, Angels in the O-R, through Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster, Books a Million, and IndieBound. Also make sure to check out Trisha's third upcoming annual online near-death experience summit, with NDE experiencers, healers, angel communicators, and light workers through her website as well. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of angels in the OR with guest Trisha Barker. See you in a few minutes.
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tricia Barker, talking about near-death experiences, angels in the operating room, and everywhere else, of course, weathering life challenges, healing, and so much more. Yeah, and, and Tricia, you know, we're, we're currently, very currently, living in an amazing time of great personal and, and global transformation, but that always comes with bigger challenges <laughs> at least that's my experience <laughs> and so what would you recommend to those listening to our show now who are feeling anxious or frustrated or even overwhelmed with what they're facing in their lives is any kind of uh, suggestions yes i have a lot because basically what i'm feeling and what i'm being guided to remind people is first self-care, and then a whole lot more meditation because these energies are incredibly strong. And it's like we're being upgraded too quickly. <laughs> like, that's what the anxiety is coming For some from. people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving some things behind, and, and it's uncomfortable. You know, just like the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And, you know, it's a beautiful change, but it is uncomfortable at first. And... So all of the people are wishing for near-death experiences, well, this is a great time just to meditate, and you can get the same connection. I mean, the angels are so close. The veil, I believe, is, is truly thinning, and people are more open, and I just I hear messages of spirituality in places I wouldn't normally hear them, so I know I'm not the only one feeling this. I'm sure you guys are, are feeling it and seeing it too. But oh, more, yeah. Of course. <laughs> of <Yeah>. course. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think there's, in more recent recorded history, I don't think we've had this degree of a transformational time ever. I mean, it's not showing up in real pleasant ways and, and beautiful ways quite yet, except in little, little, Quadrants, bits and pieces, and pieces yeah. in local levels, but but uh, like you say, you know, when when you go through major changes, whether they're personal or or global, there's a what's what do they call it in Newtonian physics? Uh, equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> so the more people who start to wake up, the more people that go kind of bonkers, and in the reaction, I kind of look at it. Similar to uh, uh, detoxing, you know, when you go on a big fast or something and you start detoxing, and if you start detoxing a little bit too heavy, you can get really sick. You know, you have headaches and you don't feel well. But 
once you get past that part and you let everything out, all the negativity, all the toxins out of your system, when you come out on the other side of it, oh, it's so great. And you're so much healthier, so much happier, everything, because you got unloaded all this past toxic material. And I think it's happening on a, especially on a consciousness level, especially on a psychic level, it's happening with people now. And, um, you know, there's, this is another level of, on a personal level, do you have any particular uh, tricks of the trade, so to speak, that you use for yourself and in terms of dealing with emotional upsets and and when surprisingly somebody turns on you when you were friends before or whatever and and all of a sudden somebody just goes off how do you how do you uh deal with that on a day-to-day type of a level i'm sure our audience will want to hear yeah yeah that's a really important question it's one for um deep learning and growth so if if there is suffering, then what part of myself is choosing that suffering? And that's what I, I eventually look at and I go, okay, I I was not paying attention most likely to that light of God and that love of God. I was being selfish in the moment and I wanted what I wanted and I you know, wanted this friendship to work or this relationship to work instead of mm-hmm. giving free will to people to do what they want to do. And yes. You know, we, it's a selfish thing to push our will on people, even if we want them to heal and grow and learn. You know, that, that may not be what they want. <laughs> That's fine. Yes. <laughs> so, so that, uh, when you embrace like, that level of safety within yourself and go, yeah, I'm loved by God. And I, I don't, if my message isn't wanted, if my love doesn't want to, then it is okay to take care of myself, and it is okay, it's more than okay, just to love myself in this time, and I think, I think that's where that forcing of the will comes upon um, people's needs, because they want love, and what I saw in the near-death experience, though, is we have all the love we need. God is just right there, willing to write it into our lives, and if one situation doesn't work for us, we're really meant for another situation. Mm-hmm. That is a great answer. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I wanted to revisit one little comment that both of us talked about, which was the people that are wishing for a near-death experience because they hear these stories. <laughs> well, the very first time I went to see Danny and Brinkley, which was many, many years ago, probably, I don't know, 25 years ago. Um, I drove a long way. It was very weird. There were cars all over, sli- slipping and sliding all over. The energy was very weird. But I got there, and I loved his talk. And I actually did, I just had the thought. I didn't go up and say it to him. I thought, I wonder what it would be like to have a near-death experience. Well, I have to say something. Be careful what you wish for, because you might get it. Which I did a couple weeks later when Michael and I were in Hawaii. Um, it wasn't anything as dramatic as yours or Danian's, but um, I had very bad food poisoning that I should have gone to the hospital for, and I didn't. And I did have my momentary near-death experience. So um, I wow. thought that was you would enjoy hearing about that. But um, <laughs> I. <Yeah. laughs> I wanted to shift a little bit to your uh, putting on your third annual online near-death experience summit on August 1st to 2nd, uh, which sounds absolutely fascinating. What brought about your decision to hold such a summit every year? And tell us a little about it. Yeah, so I wanted to bring a little of that energy and peace of the other side to people. And I thought... I'm on all these different Facebook groups where I see people asking questions about um, near-death experiences, and they can't all travel to go see a person speak. You know, not everyone has that ability to go to conferences and buy hotel rooms. So I was like, why don't I just get the speakers together and we have a whole thing or two of being stoked in this energy because I know at other spiritual conferences that energy is present, and I, I know that people always talk about 
at an IAMS conference or, you know, the Afterlife conference. Wow, I slept so well in that hotel with all the good energy <laughs> and mm. all the people there. So I thought, let's do it online and let's try to bring this energy to people. So many of the people who speak at IAMS and a few healers and, and other people I've, I've gathered because I want to bring healing to people. I want to bring a moment of peace or even better, occasionally someone who doesn't have much faith will listen to two days full of these stories and then at the end they'll go, oh yeah, no, I have faith now. <laughs> Without a doubt. Mm, you know, yeah. It's a shift for people yeah. and I love that. Oh, that that is great. It well, sounds we, incredible. And you can absolutely count us in. And <laughs> Yeah, and since we're on the oh. topic, uh, Tricia, would you like to let our listeners know how they can they can go to this uh, online near-death experience summit coming up. Yeah, so the easiest way is to go to our website because there is a coupon code, um, Unity, and if you go to my website, you can click on the link, and then if you just simply want to watch it all day, it is free, so you can, if, if you are in a compatible time zone, you can just watch the speakers all day because I wanted to do that during so good times for anyone who's hurting and suffering. If you want to watch the videos at your leisure and own them and you know, have access to other things, then there is a price for it. But um, but basically, I want to create community, and that was my mm-hmm. whole is, You know, all these people who comment on YouTube videos, sometimes they themselves are healers or work with crystals or or have this mission, and I'm like, I want to know you. How can I know you? <laughs> Be a part of this, and, and stay in touch, and ask for questions, and, and connect. And so that was uh, that was my hope. Ah, great. Yeah, and and great foresight for especially this time. <laughs> you you have to do it online <laughs> because nobody can go to conferences. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no. You know, this year I was like, okay, this was timely. It's the same yeah. thing, but it's uh, definitely, definitely needed. Yes. Yeah. Well, you've had several experiences in your life traumatic enough to bring about the experience of what is now called post traumatic stress disorder, but. Have you gotten any realizations or insights into what brings such difficult condition about and what is the key to healing yourself from that? Because I think your audi- our audience uh, would like to hear this. Yeah, so one of the most uh, beautiful moments that I've had at the in-person readings and book signings is meeting female veterans. And I, I guess I didn't realize the level of trauma that I've had in my life that but women in the military, maybe who came from tough backgrounds and then maybe had sexual assault or went mm-hmm. through something intense, you know, on, on the battlefield, that level of trauma is real and how do you heal it? And mm-hmm. so talking to groups of people like that is, is important. And there's, there's so many different techniques. I, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of rapid eye release therapy and and energy work, and, and but it's holistic. It's the whole self. So you have to treat your body well. You have to um, develop new ways of, of being. And and most of all, I think what what really hit me is the rest of the population needs to be more educated about what this is and to not um, necessarily label people who are going through that, but just meet them with some compassion because I know... Um, there's a lot we didn't understand for so long about yes, absolutely. And, and now we understand more and I think we're just going to continue to understand more about healing but yes, I would say to anyone who has high levels of trauma to gravitate to people who are empathetic and people who um, you know don't um, I guess nail you to a cross for it you know, because yes. it, is, it is real Yes, absolutely, and uh, thank you for that answer. Well, time sure does fly when you're with extraordinary people and angels. We have just a couple of minutes left for this show, Tricia, so do you have any final message of inspiration and guidance for our listeners today? have about two minutes. Fire away. (laughs) Connect with your angels. Ask for them. Ask them to bless your supplements, your medication, your day, your prayers. If you're afraid, if you have 
trauma in your life, ask them to come in and help you with healing during a meditation. But it really, the angels are there to amplify and to, uh, they can actually provide like more nutrition if you're eating, like include them in your prayers, include them in your life and, and, uh, always reach for that spiritual healing because I believe spiritual healing occurs first and emotional then physical and it just like translates into the rest of life. But, but sometimes spiritual healing is last when it can be first. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Tricia. It was such a delight to have you on our show and all the best, best to you, Michael. Yeah, uh, Tricia, you know, as you continue to shine your light in this world and help guide many, many people awakening uh, to their to their own light, um, uh, I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the beautiful work that you both do. I'm so excited to learn more about you, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll have to get together. <laughs> well, the angels picked you well. <laughs> Well, once again, we're at the end of our show, and we thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it and were inspired and gained some new insights and tools. We welcome you to tune in again next Wednesday for the next episode of a whole new season for which we'll have the overall theme of Turning Within, Forms of Inner Guidance. Next week's episode will be on Speaking Your Own Truth. Until then... Be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. And thank you, Tricia. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.